Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we take a look back at the rock fight that was the Pistons versus the Hornets, but it was a win. And we answer your listener questions. Where does Kemba stack up against the guards in the Eastern Conference? We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the easiest way to buy tickets to your favorite events online. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. I'm excited about this show, David. I'm ready to get into it. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. I'm excited too, Doug. Let's do get into it right now. Well, well we get to talk about a win, but also we've got mm. some great listener questions coming up. It, it, oh. it had our crack research team on the job last night. Uh, we don't pay those kids enough. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcast on the NFL, the NBA, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. It's our network. It's your network. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, let's start in Charlotte. It wasn't pretty, David. It wasn't beautiful. But hey, you don't spell beautiful, and you don't spell pretty with the letter W. The Hornets get a win over the Detroit Pistons, 87-77. to This was the same Pistons team that beat them by 23 points a little over a week ago. In fact, the Pistons had starting point guard Reggie Jackson back with them. They got 25 minutes from him. They're working him back into the lineup, but it wasn't enough to overcome 25 points from Kimball Walker, 15 rebounds from Nick Batum, and 12 points from Marvin Williams in his first game Hello. back. Hello, since the day after Thanksgiving, he's missed the past six games. The Hornets moved to 13-9. and That's good for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Marco Bellinelli, also very key. Off the bench, helping to close things out in the fourth quarter, he finished with 13 points and five rebounds. Here's Marco after the game talking about his role on this team. I just try to be aggressive on the bench. I try to score. I try to create something for my teammate. Uh, in the same time, you know, get some rebound and try to uh, make a good offense. You know, so um, that's a good win for us. Like I said before, um, and I will try to be aggressive all the time. There's Marco Bellinelli after the game and Clifford after the game as well, talking about Marco's role in this one, hitting. Tough shot after tough shot, a few in the third quarter and then a, and then in the fourth quarter. It was the Marco and Kemba or the Kemba and Marco show, David. Yeah, and what did we talk about, Doug, that you know, last year that role was Jeremy Lin, right? You see so often, especially down the stretch in games, those two guys 
would be providing a lot of the scoring punch, and you're really seeing that consistently, I think, from Marco now. And it wasn't just the three ball last night, right? I mean, some of these these uh, these these quick release fadeaway jumpers not not quite full on fadeaways, but these are tough shots he's taking. But you can tell when he's feeling it. I mean, he's just a he's a shooter, right? I mean, he's just he's a scorer. You can tell when he's feeling good because that quick release is tough to stop. And if he can get a a peak of daylight. Uh, I mean, those were big shots, too, up like, you know, like four to six points. I mean, really key points, I thought, for him in the third and fourth quarter there. Well, he's not afraid of the moment late in the game, and this should not be a surprise to to people if you listen to what Clifford was saying in the offseason. In fact, I have a clip here from Media Day. This was Clifford talking about Marco. To me, Marco, I've always been a huge fan of his. Uh, and the thing I like about him is – is that he has played his best, uh, really, in the biggest games. Go back again and watch him in the finals, San Antonio. In the finals, he played terrific in his minutes. Uh, and I think that he can do a lot of the things offensively that we lost with Jeremy and Courtney. So that was Steve Clifford there at Media Day talking about Marco, just as you said, replacing what Lynn and what Courtney Lee gave this team last season. He's doing it late in games. He's stepping up in the big moment. It's taken some time, David, to really establish exactly what his role is. But now he's playing in the fourth quarter uh, with the starters and, and producing well. Yeah, and also he cuts pretty well to the basket. I mean, I think most of the Hornets do. We've talked about some of their scoring off cuts, and when you got Nick Batum and Kemba out there, they can find those guys, and I think that was big. Marco missed. Uh, I don't want to call it an easy layup because it was right at the it was right at the oh, rim. Yeah. I think it was a, a bit of a reverse, but it, I mean it was a gorgeous find from Nick uh, in the latter portion of that game. But uh, so he's he's doing things. I mean, we talked a little bit about his defense, and you know. Just uh, that that is more of an uh, that's more of a constant effort for him. I think I'd, I'd say I mean, scoring is obviously what he's brought in here to do, um, but he, he can shoot it and, you know, he can cut uh, and find ways to score that way, too. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly one of the one of the questions going into the season, I mean, that we had, um, especially after his down year in Sacramento. So, I mean, the lesson is scour the Kings right now. Find out who you can you can poach the, the kings yeah around. the kings and the lakers that they've been yeah. our they've been the hornets farm system essentially it's it's been <laughs> it's been interesting to watch okay we're going to have much more on this game here in a second but david the hornets are starting to gel they are four games above 500 it's never been a better time to get yourself down to Spectrum Center and see them play live. And you should be using our friends at SeatGeek to get those tickets. SeatGeek is the smartest. It's the easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the arena at the game for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats that you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house. It doesn't matter where you want to sit, whether it's courtside, club seats, or the upper level, they're going to help you find the deals. It's easier than ever with the free SeatGeek app. I have it on my phone. It's the only one I use because it shows me where the deals are. Show me the savings. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, here's what you have to do. Download the SeatGeek app right now, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code L-O-Hornets, that's L-O-Hornets, 
SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Hopefully, it's a Hornets ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our promo code LOHORNETS today. Okay, let's get back to this game. Let's talk about the game in general. It was, as I said in the in the recap, it was an ugly one. Both teams, I thought, played good defense for the most part, and but the the teams were both teams were missing open shots as well, David. Yeah, some probably some tired legs for the Pistons. Don't you think, Doug? I mean, they, I think they were coming off a back to back. Yeah, it was um, their second and, night of a back to back. Yeah. So, uh, but the horn, you know, the Hornets continue to kind of struggle a bit. I mean, the shooting percentages were super ugly. Um, <clears throat> free throw wise, though, that's where the I mean, it really kept the Hornets in it again. <clears throat> so you're seeing that start to rebound over the last two games. Um, I thought rebounding would be important, and it was. But the the Pistons still came out on top on that. But I didn't think, you know, I thought the Hornets uh, were um, were were good on the rebounding front. Just that they didn't let, you know, too many second shots hurt them. I guess you know when they when they when they were missing these jumpers, they were corralling those for the most part. So yeah. I felt that they did the best thing. I mean, shoot, Andre Drummond, right? I mean, he if he didn't get a rebound. <laughs> Yeah, but they were all yeah, the Hornets you know, were getting all the ones that he was trying to get. Right, but they, but to your point, they were all, all defensive right, rebounds. Yeah, eight, yeah, eighteen of his twenty were defensive rebounds. So you limit him to two offensive rebounds, and that's key because you know he he scores around the basket. And so if you can yeah. limit, I mean, twenty six points for Drummond, he had a monster night. But monster. you kept him from having a legendary night, which on a night would really the Pistons they had Andre Drummond and then Tobias Harris was 0 of 7 from beyond the arc and yet still had 14 points so that's that was their second score so they really didn't have any other kind of offense and so you you kept Andre from the easy stuff and and I think that was that was definitely a key to the game uh, but free throw shooting it it did them uh, well in the first half and the second half it almost nipped them Cody missing a few late uh, Frank Kaminsky yeah, was one sure. of four so they end up with 72% from the line they're still going to have to get that figured out but you had guys the discrepancy though right you, i mean the pistons well, yes. shot what yeah and that's how you have to win you know that's how you have to win these kind of ball games is also uh, scoring off of turnovers. Detroit committing 13 turnovers for 15 Hornets points. That was very key. Hornets commit only six for two points by the Pistons. So that discrepancy there, again, in a game where it's brick after brick after brick, you have to find ways to score easy points and limit the other team from scoring easy points. The Hornets were able to do that in the fourth quarter. And yet you got to hand it to Nick Batum again. You know, we've talked about Oh, should he be scoring more? I don't know. You know, blah, blah, blah. But six rebounds in the fourth quarter. Those yeah. were key because, again, you're keeping Andre Drummond from getting those second uh, chance opportunities, digging, scratching, clawing, grinding out this kind of game. It's so key because, again, you know, in March, we're not going to remember exactly how this happened. It just shows up as a W. Uh, on the schedule so 13 and 9 you're four games above 500 David I, I told you last or I said to you last night like a couple of years ago we look at the Hornets and go four games above 500 my god is this real <laughs> I know you were just scratching and clawing to get to 500, to 500. Right? yeah and it was like you always had a chance every time you had a chance to get to 500 they drop a few uh yeah it's so it's really you did to kind of take a step back 
and remember where we came from, Doug, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a fun time. It wasn't a fun place. But, but it is. Little, but it, it is a new Eastern Conference, though. When we when, when we were cheering for the team to scratch and claw to five hundred, the five hundred meant a playoff berth. Now you've got you know New York, even though they got thwapped by Cleveland last night. New York's playing well. Milwaukee, that early game looked like, oh, oh well, that was a you know an easy opponent. Milwaukee doesn't know what they're doing. Well, Milwaukee, they they've, they've got their they've got their ish together now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that looks like a good win. So the Eastern Conference full of of big time performances and and big time players. So this is you, you know, four, four games above 500 might be the new 500. <laughs> Yeah, and they needed to get some wins at home. Clifford has talked about, I guess, I guess what are they now? Six, now they're seven they? and six. six and, seven, seven and six. six. Yeah. Um, so slowly but surely, I mean, you're not apologizing for any wins. It, it is bizarre when you look at this game, though, because they scored two fewer points uh, in a win than they did in, a, in the loss to the Pistons the first time around. They got blown out and what had like 89 and only scored 87 yeah, last night. Yeah. So like it's, yeah, it's just like, I mean, sometimes you just got to figure out ways to get wins. And, and last night, like, you know, maybe it was fortunate for them that uh, the Pistons were playing on a bit of a tired legs, but I mean, you know, nobody's going to apologize for that uh, because the Hornets are going to have their fair share of those games too. Real quick, got to go in depth a little bit on Marvin Williams' return. Get, getting 26 minutes in his first night back. That surprised me more than anything. Feeling good. Feeling but good. Five of 10 from the field. He was hitting yeah. two pointers, which he's really struggled with. Knocked down a couple of open three pointers, which he also has really struggled with this season. 12 points, five rebounds from Marvin Williams. My goodness. I mean, mm. apparently something something got fixed. Yeah, took a spill there. Did you did you hold your breath when he slipped and twisted his knee about 90 degrees the wrong way? Well, he was you trying know, to pick up. Cody. I'm an idiot, so I probably made like a boing noise or something. Where's the banana peel? <laughs> like I'm an idiot, so don't you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, the, the little slippage. You know, people Oof. people honestly, there was a there was an instance last night. I believe maybe it was with Toronto where. There was a, a player that really made a big deal about the the water on the court getting completely clean, and the ball boy had to stay out there forever, an absurd amount of time. And people go, what the hell? Let's play basketball. Well, you know, a, a, a little water on the court could be the end of your season. So that's why, you know, players are so you know, pointing down to the floor, like, make sure you get that because that's my, that's my money. That's my career. So I have the traction, yeah. But yeah, Marvin Williams, just, I mean, again, I said I didn't care if he hit another three all season because they needed his energy and defense. And you, there were a couple of plays where he was a little slow to close out on Tobias Harris. Luckily, Harris just not locked in at all last night, but his defense inside, I mean, his ability to switch on, I mean, he switched on to Drummond a time or two and was able to hold his on own. That's the kind of thing that this Hornets team was missing, especially in their starting unit, and they got it last night from Marvin Williams. So, Definitely. And, and De- the, the, the best thing is he played 26 minutes, and so it's like he's ready to go. It's not, you know, you don't have to worry about, oh, we got to worry. You know, I think his normal minutes are like 28, 29. So he's, he's there. Yeah, and the big thing that Clifford mentioned after the game, too, is the playing groups trying to get those established. And he was like, maybe we can just stay healthy <laughs> for a couple of weeks and finally start to get into some sort of groove where the playing groups are, are more or less established. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing you have to remember, too. I mean, that's such a big thing for Clifford 
and that system and and they haven't really been able to do it because they've had guys nicked out you know or nicked up here and there right um and i mean it's gonna happen but still at, at their best i mean we talk about this all the time because it's not like they have the smallest margin of error doug but you know you look at how few turnovers they have, uh, which is huge, the free throws to help them keep them in, and just all the little things that add up to the success of this team. And I think the playing groups is certainly one of those. So the more things they can keep in order, uh, the you know the better chance they're going to have for success, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an important stretch for the Hornets coming up. They play again Friday at home against Orlando. That's a game they definitely need to pick up because that's part of a back-to-back. They then go to Cleveland and play the Cavaliers, and then they've got a stretch of road games that are going to be very tough. Clifford uh, saying last night that if you go two and three in that stretch, in that uh, road trip, then then you're doing okay. So two and three, three and two, that's kind of what they're looking at as, as a benchmark for that stretch coming up. So they really have to get the win there against Orlando on Friday. Okay, Hornets get this win, 87 to 77. Let's get to some listener questions. First, a couple of questions from our friend Chuck, who asked a couple during uh, Locked on Hornets Live. So thank you, Chuck, for getting involved here, asking some more questions. Number one, why is Ramon Sessions playing so timidly? Does his confidence seem shaken to you guys? Um, no. <laughs> I, don't I don't know about confidence. I mean, he's he's taking it to the rim as he normally would. He was uh, one of five last night for uh, only four points. I mean, s- there's no question, David, he struggled early this season. Mm-hmm. Career mm-hmm. lows right now in points, field goal percentage, free throw percentage. He's only yep. 20% from three. He doesn't take a lot, but he's not making them nearly as often as he did in the past couple of seasons. But I don't think confidence is really the issue. I just think he's he's struggling to find his offense right now. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting uh, comment from Chuck. I haven't thought that. I haven't thought that he's been timid, um, except maybe with the three ball, which I'm on board with him being timid, uh, shooting that, because it's not, it's not looking good right now. You stay, you stay timid. <laughs> you stay timid, bro. Uh, and, and and he's had uh, just a couple of issues finishing inside. I mean, you mentioned all the percentages are down across the board. So I, I think the thing you talked about a couple of weeks ago was he's getting in there and not making the big mistakes, right? And that's kind of what they're looking for him from. I mean, he is not going to be the Jeremy Lin scorer. Um, he's not brought in to fill that role. We, we talked about Marco doing that. So I think he's been uh, – I think he can certainly get better, but I don't think confidence is, is an issue for him right now. I think the team is looking for him to be an organizer. And you've seen him have a great assist-to-turnover ratio. Like you said, he's not making big mistakes. But he is he's staying aggressive. The plays that sort of the 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 fast-break opportunities that he gets, he's going to take them, whether they're, good, yeah. whether they're good opportunities or not. But I think the team is looking for him to be an organizer, and it's a different role than he had in Washington last season. Washington was really looking for him to provide a scoring punch off the bench. The Hornets are looking for that from Frank Kaminsky. They're looking for that, especially from Marco Bellinelli. And so I think you're seeing a little bit of a combination of, you know, just generally struggling out of the gate, but also a little bit of a shift in role that may contribute to that as well. But I I don't think he's playing timidly. I just, I, I think he's struggling early. All right. Second question from Chuck, as far as guards in the East, where does Kimba rate nowadays? Uh, okay. First of all, before I get into this, David, I am not counting Giannis Antetokounmpo in okay, this. I've taken fine. him out. We, I don't care what stats.nba.com <laughs> says. 
Well, we did talk about this. Yeah, so we talked about this the other night, right? And we kind of ran down the list. Uh, Yeah, I guess you could take Giannis out of it, right? Uh, That's fine. I'm on board. I'm on board with that. All right, let me run down these stats real quick. Among point guards, true shooting percentage, he's second overall. Kyle Lowry first. Turnover ratio for guys greater than 25 minutes per game. So I tried to weed out some of the bench guys. Turnover ratio, he ranks third. Usage percentage, he is fourth among point guards. John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving above him. PER among point guards, third overall. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and John Wall above him. Again, David, I'm telling you, John Wall is having a great year. I know you said he's out of your all-star bubble, but... Yeah, I didn't say he wasn't having a great year. All right, among all guards, when you put some shooting guards in here, points per game, he's fifth. Assists per game, he is 13th. Uh, free throw attempts per game, fourth. Field goal percentage, fifth. Three-point percentage, fourth. True shooting percentage, when you add uh, shooting guards in, he drops to sixth. Usage percentage, fifth. And PER, he drops only, what, one spot? Yeah, to fourth. I think DeMar DeRozan uh, gets above him in PER. But those are great numbers. I mean, so you ask, you know, where does he rank among guards in the East? I think you have to say top five. I mean, he's fourth, fifth, sixth oh, yeah. in all of these cat. I'd put him right at, I put him right at four and five. I'd say uh, for me, I'd go, you know, I think it's some combination of uh, John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Demar Derozan, and and Kimba Walker. However, you wanted to shuffle those guys, shuffle that, shuffle, shuffle those guys in. Yeah, I mean, I think he's very comparable to. I mean, did you say Isaiah Thomas as well? Yeah. Yeah. So those are those are your those are your big dogs in the East. But I think he's put himself in that conversation, certainly uh, solidifying his name amongst those this year. And final question from Chuck PJ Hairston: What became what? of what became of him? Uh, well, he is. Chuck. I went look. I, we answer any and all questions. I love it. Uh, so I, I will answer this one as well. He is averaging 12.5 points for the Rio Grande Vipers in the D-League. He's playing with fellow UNC basketball alum, J.P. Tokoto. Mm. So that's what wow. became of P.J. He is there back he is. to the D-League, uh, still chasing that uh, neon moon. Well, uh, maybe we'll see him again. This is a good time to remind you, he started a good amount of games last year. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, P- again, we, we talk about this all the time. When people like to credit Courtney Lee as much as he did for the Hornets in the second half of the year, they didn't have yeah. Courtney Lee for the first half of the year, and they were still able to find success. Okay, uh, one more question here from Dwayne. When is the last time the – so this is back to the poor shooting percentages that the Hornets put up last night. They shot 34% overall in the game, and then in the first half – 30%. They were below 30%, in fact, for the first half of that game. So Dwayne wants to know, when's the last time the Hornets won a game shooting 34% from the field and shooting below 30% the entire first half? Well, listen, I got on, I got, I did, I did the research, David. I did my homework, figured this out. Okay. You didn't know that. You didn't know that off the top of your head. And I did not. No, okay. that's, but I, I honestly, I thought it was going to be something that happened more often I know, you know, shooting shooting poorly and winning, that's not something that normally happens, but I don't know. I just didn't I just didn't think it was going to be as rare as it is, but uh since they've been counting they've been counting up field goal percentages since like 83, 84, I think. And uh 
since that time, there's only been 89 instances of a team shooting 34% or worse and winning the game. And a lot of games, I don't know the total number of games that have been played since 83, 84. That's a lot. So 89 times, not a ton. The Hornets have only won six total games when shooting as poorly as they did last night overall. Uh, Three of those games, David, came in January of 2015. Wow. January 17th against Indiana. Uh, It was an overtime finish, 80-71, to and the Hornets shot 30.7%. And then uh, January 21st against Miami, 78-76 to was the final. Hornets shoot 33.8%. And then uh, here's the answer to Dwayne's question. The last time that the Hornets shot 34% or lower overall – and less than 30 in the entire half to win a ball game. That happened on January 24th of 2015 against the New York Knicks, a win 76 to 71. The Hornets shoot under 30% for the first half. They shoot uh, 32.9% overall and get that win against what, like an eight and what was their final? Let's see. I have the box score in front of me here. Eight and 37, uh, the record for the Knicks. So they were not playing very well at all. And the Hornets get the W. Uh, we we could do we got time here. We could do a little quick because um, this is an interesting box score, David. Let's do a quick box score boogie. I'll throw a couple at you. Oh god. Okay. Let's go. Alright, box score boogie. First number 37. 37. That was the number of three pointers attempted. <laughs> Actually, no, the Hornets only attempted Seven three-pointers in this game. No, 37 was the number of free throws attempted. Again, keys to winning these grinded-out games for the Hornets over the years, those free throw attempts, 37 free throw attempts. Uh, Mm. And 22, the next number. 22. 22. This was against the Knicks, you said? Against uh, the New York Knicks without Carmelo Anthony. Minus Carmelo. Uh, 25 points for Tim Hardaway Jr., who now just got injured, but he plays uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. That was the number of times that... uh, (laughs) Your eyes bled. Yes, exactly. No, this was actually the number of points that the Hornets scored off of Knicks turnovers. Knicks committing 18 total team turnovers to the Hornets' nine. So again, you're seeing trends. Even when the Hornets weren't playing as well in, in 2015, the trends were holding. You've got uh, free throws, a lot of free throws, and um, a lot of points off of turnovers. So definitely yeah, keys yeah. keys to the game. That's box score boogie. Yeah, just running down Sorry, this. Sorry, I was, I was a bit off my game there. You caught me off guard. We, we don't usually go in the wayback machine for box score boogie. So well, not, next and, time I'll be ready. Well, and not with, uh, you know, not with games like this. Normally we do them. With, <laughs> this was a sellout. This was a Hornets sellout, by the way. Hornets were filling wow. the building for this uh, for this stinker, uh, but the lineup, the starters were Brian Roberts, Gerald Henderson, Bismack Biombo, no. Cody no. Zeller, ah. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Stop it! You had Al Jefferson playing thirty minutes off the bench. You had Lance Stevenson playing twenty eight minutes off the bench. Marvin, this was uh, year one of the Hornets, and that was the quiet Marvin year. Eleven minutes off the bench, one of two from the field, three points, but seven rebounds. He was giving he was giving us a preview of his rebounding prowess. Good Lord. Yeah, it only only happened now seven times. Uh, Three of them were in 2015, and then once in 2009, once in 2001, 
and then the first time it happened all the way back in 1999. But you you look at these, I'm looking at these box scores, and yeah, I mean, the trends are the same. In each of these games that they won, the Hornets far out attempted the other team at the free throw line, except for mm-hmm. one, the, 19, the first one, the 1999 game. Uh, that was just a case of the other team missing a lot of free throws, and that became the difference. But yeah, I mean, 29 free throw attempts in this in this last game against Detroit, and Detroit only attempted eight. And then you go 37 to 18 in the next one, 30 to 15 in the next one. So, you know, getting to the line, it's important. Oh, it's huge. I mean, that's why, and, and that's you know, that's why they've lost some of these games because they haven't been able to convert right convert. so yeah. yeah yep 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 all right that's all the time we have for this edition thanks for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network and thank you to seat geek remember to download the seat geek app and use our promo code lo hornets for twenty dollars off your first seat geek purchase those were great questions by the way big thanks again to uh Dwayne and chuck and be like Dwayne and chuck and submit questions to us uh by email buzz buzz at hive talk lot or i did it again see i'm like the guy that says charlotte bobcats instead of <laughs> hornets uh no buzz buzz at locked that's the email or tweet us at locked on hornets as well Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of that game against the Orlando Magic. Until then, for David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So, what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.